0: Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Pastor Andy Addis.
1: You plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? You're giving all you've got to give in the place where you've been sent. But will this labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know Sometimes you feel so all alone Like the prophet Jeremiah You may be the one to go To the dying and the broken With a message of hope To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town With a room of empty piers where His love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make Him
0: Well, greetings in this holiday season to each and every one of you here at the Rural Pastor Podcast. What a pleasure it is to uh, be with you and whatever you're doing, speaking of whatever you're doing. We have interrupted the original gangster, Mark Clifton. I had no idea that he was going to be on a family trip, and yet he still said yes uh, to just. I thought it'd be great for him to uh, come back and share a little bit of a holiday greeting with us here for an episode of the Rural Pastor Podcast. So let me welcome once again to the Rural Pastor Podcast desk, Mark Clifton. How you doing, Mark?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you in this great and wonderful season hey by the way the guy singing that man we love that intro you know that billboard just came out with the top bluegrass albums in the nation for 2023 mm-hmm. and they're they are number 14 in the whole nation that album i mean they beat out some amazingly well-known guys and gals in bluegrass and country music so that is we amazing. love chosen road and they've done really well and and the song what, is actually on their latest album. You can you can buy their latest album online, uh, download yeah. it, and uh, man, it's, it's there. So and hey, from what Merry I've Christmas seen, to you by the way, that would be a good Christmas gifts, right? It really would be. So, <laughs> roads. Anyway.
0: It would be a great Christmas gift. And from what I've seen, they're in Alaska right now, I believe. If I'm watching their yep. social media, right. So yep. they yeah, they're touring everywhere. And speaking of being on the road, you uh, you you don't have the best audio quality, best we can do, because you're just giving us everything you got, because you are actually in Boston right now.
2: i'm in boston we're gonna yeah i'm in the bruins locker room uh we're getting raised i'm I'm the chaplain tonight for the team and so awesome uh, no i'm not really
0: (laughs) i was gonna go with it i was gonna
2: go i'm I'm out on the street i'm trying to pick up some tickets on the street but my wife and i are here in boston and she loves the bruins and uh actually richard blackaby loves the uh the buffalo sabers richard blackaby's a lifelong sabers fan and i'm a bruins fan so uh, the Sabres are playing the uh, Bruins tonight and uh, I'll I'll give you an update uh, tomorrow about the game but no, we're here in Boston to see a game that's all that's all we're doing
0: well i'm glad see it's a, game. what's the holiday like out in on the east coast out there is it is it festive
2: it is it is more than festive it's beyond festive it's just it's an amazing they are just lights and trees and you know andy uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Silver bells. <laughs> That's right. The well, dirty kind that doesn't mind the snow. Oh,
0: see, so you That's and I—we know those songs. Here. We know those we songs. Do. Okay. I am so thankful that you're willing to give us just a little time. And before we dive in, I want to do two things. There's an article I want to talk about. I want to take some pressure off the shoulders of some rural pastors in this season. But second of all, uh, I've got a little uh, three-minute story we're going to play for you before we get done. Before we do all that, though. Man, you guys are killing it! You are hosting the Revitalize and Replant podcast. I got a chance to be a guest on there a few weeks ago. You are chunking out so much content. Tell us about that experience and how people can connect, because I think it's one of the best resources out there for anybody who's doing church revitalization and replant work.
2: Well, I it's second only to the Rural Pastor podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. So, uh, no, it it's every Tuesday and Thursday is a new episode, and then every other Friday is a uh, a special guest so 10 episodes a month you know you just go down uh, and listen to any of them all of them uh there have been some really good stuff going on there mark halleck does an exceptional job with us and so does dan Hurst. and we enjoy it we have a good time we basically do those live together we all get together all three of us and uh and kyle runs the board so we're all four in the same room doing those and we really enjoy them. they're about 20-25 minutes long So, uh, man, by all means, make yourself available at revitalizeandreplant.com. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find
0: them there. And it will absolutely be worth it. Now, speaking of Kyle, he's the guy who's uh, who's kind of running the background, the tech side for you all. He actually released an article through Replant today on um, on three tips for preaching during Advent. And I thought it was so phenomenal. I wanted to use this as a quick framework. He's got three things, and then I want to add three things to it. And, um, and, and hopefully this will be um, some help to all of you out there in rural America who are trying to do this uh, this holiday thing. The first thing he said is when it comes to preaching, in the holiday season, keep it simple. This isn't the season to break out your deep theology or your your new ambitions. This is a, a time to be simple, to do the traditional things, and understand that even if you have CEOs, don't call them out. Christmas, Easter onlys. This isn't this isn't the season to make them mm-hmm. feel bad for missing in between. But everybody wants to come and sing away in a manger and hear about the Christ Child in the uh, coming into the world and the the angels that cried gl- uh, glory. to to God in the highest. Uh, so keep it simple. I think that's great advice, uh, and not the time for pastors to say, "I've got to have my best, most elaborate, and most detailed sermon ever." First of all, your thoughts on that, Mark? On just keeping preaching simple in the holidays.
2: Well, yeah, you know, once you've been preaching as long as I have, forty plus years, it, you soon realize you don't have to come up with something brand new every Christmas, right? I mean, Amen. that's if the Christmas story is good enough. And you can, you can. There are different texts you can come to, you know, whether it's Isaiah or Luke or whatever. But the story is the same. And I agree with my brother Kyle. Man, don't try to make it more complicated than it is, uh, and be be simple. And the story will be enough. The gospel of the incarnation of Christ, the birth of Christ. Doesn't need your wisdom and your insight to make it even more exciting and more Mm. wonderful. It is on its own. So trust the text and let that happen.
0: Yeah, you know, it's 2023, which means people have been preaching the gospel. Not 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 even counting Old Testament stuff, but people have been preaching the gospel for more than two thousand years. If you come up with something new, there's a good chance you're wrong.
2: (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) That's probably true. But sometimes we try to be creative. You know, we think we got to be creative. So you know we talk about the manger and the straw and what the hay means and what the cows mean and all that kind of stuff and just <laughs> you know stay away from those kinds of analogies and all of that and just just give the great story man let the word of god never goes out and comes back void it it will impact lives don't overthink it is what my brother Kyle is thinking and and talking about and and don't try to impress Let the story
0: do it. Amen. His second point was this, provide follow-up opportunities. And I think that we have lost a couple of things in modern preaching. We've lost application. We've lost a, a specific call. But then also what he's saying is this, when people come, even if they're not regulars, but especially during the holiday season, wouldn't it be great if you had some next steps, things for them to do at home, things for them to connect at a deeper level, things for them to grow. This is a great season and a gift that you can give as a preaching pastor is a follow-up opportunity. And uh, over the years, you've probably done some things. I've done some things, whether it's giving to a Christmas mission offering or being a part of an outreach that uh, people's hearts are always bigger this time of year. Uh, We love to do that and kind of capitalize on that generosity of spirit. I think that's a great thing as well. Have you ever had some follow-up opportunities, Mark, in your preaching?
2: absolutely. Yeah, last last, uh, Christmas Eve, we had a really extra-large Christmas Eve service. We weren't really expecting that many people to come. And uh, a couple of days before that, or maybe the day before that, the school system reached out to us and said, "Hey, there's about two or three families that nobody's adopted, and and mm. man, they need some stuff right away." And it was going to be like a thousand bucks, is what they said this was going to cost us. And so, uh, you know, our our little church of about you know 50, 60 people at the time, they said, "Sure, we'll do it." So that Christmas Eve night, uh, man, I just off the top of my well, the Lord just led me. I don't mean off the top of my head, but I hadn't thought much about it. I just got impressed. One of the ways we could respond to this story that we just heard on Christmas Eve is, hey, we've got we got some families in need. Uh, if you're, you want to make a donation to that, we'd be glad to let you do that uh, on your way out. And it was like a thousand and thirty-two dollars we got. But wow. here's the deal: it was all in cash. Didn't wow. get any checks. Who carries that kind of cash around on Christmas Eve or something? <laughs> and so it was like it was really a neat experience for our church to realize, hey, we spent a thousand we really didn't have, you know, earlier the day before. But then we get a thousand and thirty-two dollars in cash from. And it wasn't like somebody put, you know, we don't we put what in, but it wasn't like hundred-dollar bills. It was like tens and twenties, and uh, that's what amazed us. So basically, everybody there probably gave cash, and it just sort of lets you know people do want to respond to when they hear the Christmas story. And so to give them something, you know, not necessarily an offering, although that was a good idea. But other things you can be creative about. Normally, there's some really good small booklets, if you will, that you can find from really solid. Uh, gospel writers right, about right. Christmas and the purpose of Christmas, many years we've given those to everybody who's there and we'll give them on the way out and say, hey, this, you enjoyed this story. Here's something that takes a little more, more more in depth and you can spend a little more time with. So a lot of times we'll try to give one of those little Christmas booklets that, that some good gospel writers have written.
0: I think what you're saying there is so true that that sometimes we sell our congregation or even our attendees short when they really will be willing to take a step and expend some energy. Um, you know, we I, I'm a, the pastor of a multi-site, and one of our locations, a larger location, adopted a grade school years ago. And when they asked the teachers what this low-income school needed, they said the kids need shoes. Well, it has morphed into this thing where they have 300 students. But in the early fall, uh, somebody goes in and measures all the feet. Every child picks out their favorite shoes specific. Like I want red and white Nikes, Mm -hmm. or I want Mm -hmm. boots with sparkly heels or something like that. And then we put those out for our people and say, if you're willing to buy this shoe, this brand, this size, and that takes some work to get done. We never have those 320 shoes make it all three services. They're always taken before it's done, and you just have to don't, don't underestimate your people for follow up. They'll be willing to grow and learn and serve, and and I think Kyle's got a good point there. Keep it simple. Provide follow up opportunities. Here's the third thing he said, and this leads toward what you were talking about before, Mark. Preach the gospel. Make sure it's not on. Well, the wise men weren't actually there, so you need to put them in a room east of your nativity <laughs> set and let them come that. from afar. I, I,
2: yeah, but I do. I do say that I get I get I get I get hung up on that every year. So. Oh, we do. And that. the angels don't look like angels. I, I do. So you just you just you just people who listen to this podcast there because <laughs> I have done that. In the past.
0: Well, but we've all done it. We, we, we talk about the wise men I weren't know. there that, you know, was yeah. it a manger, a grotto? Was it a garage yes. off the yes. edge? What it, this I really agree, isn't the I, date.
2: I agree. I agree with Kyle that when you focus on that, <laughs> you're detracting from the story. A message received Kyle I understand <laughs> He wanted to tell me that in person but he was too shy since I'm his boss so he wrote it in this article <laughs> but he wrote it specifically for me i know that kyle a message received hey listen
0: okay i i blasted the uh the the nativity two weeks ago with the wise men and then last weekend if you haven't checked it out the the written blog articles at rural pastor podcast i i propose that we put a dragon in there and it's out of, out of revelation it's you're missing something there should be a dragon in the nativity so yeah we're, we're, they, these are things you shouldn't preach on <laughs> Getting that no, right. No, just I agree. Preach I agree. on the gospel. Preach on the gospel. There you go. Now, those are the three things that Kyle said. Now, he gave you some positives, and I just by my nature want to offer three simple things as well as the don't do's because I want to take pressure off your back. And the first thing is don't add pressure to yourself. This we call it Easter and Christmas the Super Bowl because more people show up. But the truth is every weekend is a gospel opportunity, and every weekend you are faithful. It's it, it's not that you need to show up more on Christmas Eve. It's that you need to just expect that God can do what only God can do on these holidays like this, and don't add to the pressure by putting it on yourself and saying you've got to be in some kind of tip-top shape. I mean, we should have excellence, and we should do what we uh, can do to make the gospel known, but we don't need we don't need to think that the Sunday before Christmas or the Sunday after Christmas is any less important. They are all huge gospel opportunities for us. And don't kill yourself for one Sunday. What do you think about that?
2: Well, yeah, You over, again, you overwork it, you overthink it, you don't trust the Holy Spirit, you don't let Him do it, and you feel like you've got to be at your very best and performing your very best. And uh, again, you put way too much pressure on yourself. And when you do that, it shows you look you don't look comfortable you don't look at ease you may <laughs> not even look like you're glad to be there you look more frightened than you normally do more stressed than you normally do <laughs> you may not be as cordial as you normally are because you've got all this stress on you and you're just putting that on yourself and so i would agree just enjoy the holiday enjoy easter enjoy christmas and don't look at it as the super bowl frankly you know god can do something amazing on a, a the second Sunday of August when nobody's there but a couple of people. So absolutely, just let him work all that out and don't put that kind of pressure. So just sure. think
0: about the pressure that you're putting on yourself. I like the way you're phrasing that. You you want to you want people to come to church and feel like it's a wonderful life and not like National Lampoon's v- Holiday Vacation, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You, you want them to to feel how God is moving and not you trying to put it all together. Here's the second thing: uh, don't add to pressure on your own, but also don't play the one-up game. Uh, don't think that your Christmas pageant has to have one more camel than the other guy's Christmas pageant or that this year's candle lighting service needs to be outside and we also have to have glow sticks. The whole one-up game uh, will absolutely kill you glow
2: sticks I want to get glow sticks that's cool cuz the other church in town doesn't have them that's I'm right. glad you mentioned that so I'm going to go to Amazon as soon as we're done with this cuz I'm going to I'm going to one up the methodist man we're going to have glow sticks this year And that's Thank exactly what that.
0: we don't do exactly that's what we do.
2: Exactly cool And we could get red and green glow sticks that would be great
0: And you'd make the deacons happy because there's no wax strippings on the back of the pews so That's
2: so. true That's true <laughs> No I I I do think you, here's what I I did this when I was at Warnell Road. Uh, there were all kinds of great Christmas pageants in our city. We would actually list the, the the name and the address and the time of the great Christmas pageants that the big mega churches had, mm-hmm. and we would just say, Hey, go to that. We're not gonna we're not gonna redo this. <laughs> That's go, fantastic. Go that. you just go to that. Well, we're gonna do we're gonna do some other. We'll, we'll do a very simple Christmas Eve service. Uh, we'll do a the longest night service for the families of of homicide victims yeah,
1: yeah.
2: or something like that but we don't put on, we don't, we can't. And so, but we don't need to because take your lost friends and go to these great events across the city and these great churches and we're not competing with them and they got some good stuff and, and go, go do that. so that's what we did. It, that took a lot of pressure off, because if you try to put on a new Christmas musical or something and you end up people, if you don't have the the people and the bandwidth to do that, it, it, it first of all, it may not turn out real well. And Secondly, you've used a lot of energy and time and stress on people and, People kinda of get upset about different things and yeah. And just I just chill out and say, Hey, go see First Baptist, man. They let them do all the time and energy and stress. We'll just go, you know, watch their music and look at their animals. So that's it.
0: I love the kingdom mindedness of that. Just, uh, you know, it's all good, man. It's pointing towards Jesus. Let's take part in this. And I think one of the principles you and I talked about more than a year ago on this podcast was the principle that in rural ministry, excellence is really relative. So what they're doing to get on TV and the sheep and the goats and the pyrotechnics, you you don't need to compete with that. If you have a couple kids in bathrobes and they are as cute as buttons and they are coming from afar to uh, the manger seat. Let me tell you, that that in our context communicates the gospel, it values family, yeah. and it is yeah. more than enough for where we are. We don't have to play that one-up game,
2: right? No, we really don't. And most of us in rural America, we're not impressed by sheep and goats anyway. We, we see them every day, so... <laughs>
0: You got it's, that right. It's
2: really—it's just the city people to get all excited when somebody brings a goat into the building. So <laughs> I don't think—I don't think we do. You know, this
0: is a true thing. This happened last weekend. The announcement before eleven o'clock service was: if somebody lost their chicken, it's in the east parking lot. There you go. Well, you know, it happens. <laughs> They don't want them to lose their egg production. That's really funny. Really funny. All right, I'm not kidding, man. That was that was a great moment at to start the eleven o'clock service. Anyway, third thing: don't add to the pressure for yourself. Don't play the one up game. And then you already said this. You foreshadowed it for us. Don't miss the holiday, enjoy it. Whatever you have to do to scale back so that your kids and you, and your wife and you can enjoy this time, that has, because people will know if you're miserable. They will be able to see it if you are just stressed. And so just make it your point to say, you know what, we're gonna enjoy some hot cocoa, we're gonna watch some movies, we're gonna gonna enjoy this so that when we hit the pulpit this weekend, I am refreshed and renewed and enjoying the gospel story, the Christmas story. Don't miss the holiday. Whatever you got to do,
2: and I would say uh, look carefully at your schedules between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Your church schedule and anything you can take off the plate, take off the plate. That's good. any meetings that you That's don't good. have to do to the first. Take take give them December off. Don't necess- if you don't have to have the finance meeting or the the deacons meeting or whatever. Just maybe take that month off, and then also, you know, if you're going to have a Wednesday night dinner for Thanksgiving, and then. You know, you're looking at then you if if you do that the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, well then on Thanksgiving Day all you know people got to cook and get ready for their house and get all that stuff and and then when you think about well, we're going to do a Christmas program, we're going to do a Christmas Eve, we're going to do a Christmas Day, and there and then your folks have family gatherings, work gatherings, be sensitive to that, and I I would say in every sense less is more, especially in a rural normative sized church. Mm. And just do a couple of things and do them well, and let your people know we want to give you plenty of bandwidth in December to enjoy your family, to enjoy one another, to think about the holiday, and not over, not you know. I sometimes churches they go caroling, they have a, a, a they'll do a bonfire, they'll they'll do Christmas Eve services, they'll they've just did a Thanksgiving dinner. And boy, in a three or four week time period, we can just wear people out. Absolutely. And I think it's better to do one or two things really well than try to spread out and do five or six things. Especially in a congregation of less than a hundred people, it, everybody's going to feel like they got to come to everything.
0: Less is more means that the less things have more meaning to them as well, and so I yes. think that's great advice. Very last thing, because I need to let you get ready to get you got to go get your scalp tickets before it's too late. Before so last thing, um, uh, I, I don't know about you, but as a preacher, I've always been frustrated with worship pastors because people love it when they repeat songs and if we repeat a sermon or an illustration we get told about it but this is the season this is the season we get even because people want us to tell the same story they want us to to remember and traditionalize things and so reduce reuse recycle what I want to do is uh, I want to challenge you that you don't have to invent and better yourself each and every year I'm going to take and uh, I want you if you can just sit back with me Mark for It's like two minutes and 50 seconds. I want to play something for you. 11 years ago, I was asked to write an article for our church newsletter. Uh, Eight years ago, we turned that article into this audio recording that we used on our website. And uh, even two years ago, my family recorded it for a family greeting. But I just want you to see how this one bit of work was used every three or four years, and it still has life today. It's a little hokey, uh, but it is uh, an original composition uh, called Twas the Night. So sit back and uh, think about reduce, reuse, recycle. You probably got something that was great from five to ten years ago. It might need to make an appearance. So listen to this, and we'll be back with you in like three minutes. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and the service begun. The church was all decked out for holiday fun. Church members were nestled all snug in their pew with wreaths and lights and poinsettias in view. The auditorium was warm to instill Christmas cheer, and singers were ready with carols near and dear. Then up at the front, with sermon notes handy, a Christmas message for sure from old Pastor Andy." The music was great and the message, okay, but everyone's thoughts were for the breaking of day. For morning would come with presents and joy, Mom getting clothes and Dad, of course, toys. When out on the parking lot there arose such a clatter, we sprang from our seats to see what's the matter. Running out through the foyer and down the long hall we stood in the doorway to watch, one and all. A few feet away was a broken down car, dented and scratched, an eyesore for sure. Then out stepped a man from his beat-up old caddy, and three youngsters inside, they each called him Daddy. The little old driver was lively and quick, worked fast on the engine, and gave it a kick. You might think he cursed if you did not listen close, but sitting on the bumper, a real prayer he spoke. For Tasha and Shelley and Lisa and I, God, we don't ask for much just to get by. We've nowhere to go, no presents to share, but we need this old car to get out of cold air. Their mother has left us and I've made mistakes, but I love them so much it makes my heart ache. I can't give them a thing except a night on the road. There's no Christmas for them, just darkness and cold. So please hear me, God. I feel so alone. I don't have a future. I don't have a home. I just need for you to make my car start and maybe some help for the pain in my heart. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, rubbed dirt off his hands, shut the hood with a jerk. And laying a finger aside of his nose, he wiped off a tear, and down the street he drove. Quiet and shocked, we retreated inside, to our tinsel and greens and soft candlelight. And the words of a carol seemed to ring out just then, saying, Peace on earth and joy to all men. We looked at each other with confusion of heart, our Christmas experience now saddened in part by a man and his girls on a cold Christmas night with miles before them and no end in sight. Christmas should be about praise and thanksgiving, not how in the world can I make a living. But those near our churches will miss Christmas this year unless we all tell them the reason for cheer. Out past the front door and beyond these four walls, the message must go with a very loud call. For those lost in sin, your Savior is near. We must show the world King Jesus is here with words of love, acceptance, and grace, and a helping hand to finish the race. Loving the world with our words and our deeds, we prove Christmas love by meeting their needs. Go, tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born all right that was Pretty good. that was fun awesome well what i'm saying is 10 years, 11 12 years ago wrote that then it became an audio recording. Then we used it as a family thing. Then uh, read it during a sermon. It's okay to use some things from the past. As a matter of fact, they draw up memories. And yeah. and you don't have to continually create and use uh, but but reduce, reuse, recycle if we could use that for what we do this season because you probably had some home runs in the past, if you want to call it that. Guess what? It's okay because if you did that three, four or five years ago, good chance. most people don't remember what you did. <laughs> you can and, cut yourself some slack
2: well and if you continue to do it it becomes part of their it gets it gets ingrained in their holiday mindset that's good so if you do bring much of the same message in much of the same way it really does hit home i'll give you an example you know our friend out in Wamigo, tony oh Michia. yeah 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 uh so no tony is to know tony uh, <laughs> and so I, I was a member of his church for a number of years and he'd always do Good Friday services. And, and when he did, he preached the same message. And Tony can preach a lot of messages. This guy's got a PhD. I mean, he's the real
0: deal. He's brilliant,
2: yeah. Brilliant, right? But he would always preach the same message. It was, I am the light of the world. And it was about how Christ would would stand there in, in the temple, the festival of lights, and all the lights would be on, all the candles would be lit, and the oil lamps would be lit, and all of Jerusalem could see the temple. And in the midst of that, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He would go through all of that. Well, the thing is that because he did that year after year after year, it's very connected to me now, and I, yeah. I, there was some benefit in him doing that same thing year after year on that same uh, night so that I began to connect those two things together. So I think repetition is something we don't need to be afraid of in times like this. I think it can be
0: very helpful. Especially if you're intentional about saying, we do this each year, or this is a favorite of mine. I want to bring this back. Yes. Uh, It it, it can add that value. So those are just some helpful things. Dr. Kyle Bierman, thank you so much. We're going to put in the show notes where you can get that whole article on keep it simple, provide follow-up, preach the gospel. And then also want to challenge you, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't play the one-up game don't miss the holiday and then don't be afraid to reduce reuse recycle because this holiday should be for you and your family as well as the community that you serve mark what a pleasure thank you so much for letting us intrude on your family vacation had no idea when i asked for a quick minute or two that i'd be doing that and you were so gracious to give it merry christmas to you my friend
2: well, Merry Christmas to you, Andy. Take care.
0: Many blessings. And uh, as we get ready to uh, close this one down, we'll just say thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And uh, we pray that you would have a great holiday season from everybody here at the Rural Pastor Podcast.
1: Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the never that forgotten little town with a room of empty peers, where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sow, but it just takes one willing soul to make him known. Thank you for joining us
2: on the Rural Pastor Podcast. Special thanks to Chosen Road for our incredible theme music and to 180 Digital for their corporate sponsorship and making all the technical things possible. Rural Church Leader, we want to remind you that your work is important, that you are important, and that you are not alone. See you again soon for another edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast.